0: Requests by Gregory Jackson The last time Larry Agar played Brenda's bar in Rapid City, he'd wound up in a fight after the show with Brenda's new husband, Pancho Juarez, and finished the night in the Holy Trinity Community Hospital with two cracked ribs. That was back in March, and his body still remembered the fight, even if the reason for it was long forgotten. Larry's ribs had ached all through summer, especially when the cab of the Toyota got cold at night. As if that weren't enough, most times he checked his email, there'd be a fresh request for payment from the Charity Care Department at Holy Trinity. If it wasn't the hospital, it would be somebody about the rent-to-own agreement on the Toyota, or MBNA politely reminding him that the minimum payment was due on the plastic. Everyone made requests. It was the same on or off stage. Brenda, on the other hand, had his cell number and always called him direct. Remind me how many shows you've played in September, Larry, she asked, before booking him in at the bar this time. At least the professional relationship between them had been constant. She wasn't going to see him idle, not while he owed her. You better not be lying to me, Larry. You're overdoing the support again. And then, just to twist the knife, she'd call Layleen to the phone and gotten her to say, Hi, Daddy. And when you coming back to town, Daddy? And Pancho's been real good to us, Daddy. Never mind the physical memory of Pancho's work boots connecting with his ribs on the floor of the parking lot out back of the bar, those calls from Brenda and Laylene were the thing guaranteed to start him shaking, to send him scrabbling for the Xanax in the glove compartment of the Toyota. Larry parked a block away from the bar. Rapid City had changed in the three years since Brenda had told him to get his stuff out of their apartment above the bar. Now there are a lot more Indian kids, panhandling on the sidewalk. Most of them were from the Sioux Reservation. Most of them should have been in school. In Holy Trinity, after the fight with Pancho, he'd watched a group of them take turns sucking the alcohol-based hand gel from the dispenser at the clinic entrance until one of the nurses had moved them on. Here, outside the bar, there were three Indian kids, probably less than his forty-five years between them. Dressed in plaid overshirts and torn denims, lank hair held down with baseball caps, he ignored the request for spare change. "'Well, how about a song then, mister?' said one clocking the hummingbird case as Larry walked past. Can you do any Merle Haggard? What about holding things together or something? Put it in writing, kid, Larry said, turning into Brenda's bar, and get to the back of the queue, same as everyone else. Brenda had married Pancho back in January, almost three years to the day she told Larry to clear out. When she'd introduced them to each other back in March, Larry saw right away that Pancho had a temper short as a firecracker fuse. Larry had wanted to question Brenda about him, ask her whether she really wanted to get involved with someone so soon. Was three years so soon? Sure it was. Just when he was making progress, that was the problem. He'd always assumed that he would arrive back at her eventually, that he'd just have to knock, and she would open the door. He only had to keep putting one foot in front of the other, small steps. That's what the doctor called them, small steps. The thing is, Larry, Brenda had told him after the show, putting her hand on his, if I ask Pancho for something, bang, I can consider it done. Lay can go on study programs. I can afford to close the bar one night a week. We're living. We're finally living. The fight itself had started the way they always did, over something trivial. Larry passing comment on Pancho's work boots or the fact that he was kind of short, and Pancho or one of his friends overhearing. Well, he was short. Even Brenda had to acknowledge that. But mostly the fight was down to the drink. Larry saw that now. The following week, with his right hand still in bandages from Holy Trinity, he'd had a flash of realization in the parking lot of the Motel 6 near Des Moines. He'd seen how it would be if he didn't do something. Not coming to a sudden end, but getting slowly worse over time. Less contact with Layleen, less patience from Brenda whenever he called to plead for clemency on the support payments. Larry had tried quitting cold at first, but the DTs had got him so bad, he couldn't hold the guitar still enough to shape a chord. Some nights he had to grip the mic stand for support. Finally, He got a doctor in Chicago to write him a prescription for the Xanax, which dealt with the shakes. By the end of the summer, he was starting to get through without the meds. Look! No hands, he felt like saying when he was on stage without a drink. All on my own! (laughs) Hey, Larry, called Brenda as he turned into the door. She was polishing glasses behind the horseshoe ball. What happened? It's still light. Show isn't until nine. He put the hummingbird case down. I just couldn't keep away. Wanted to see how you're spending my money. She pursed her lips. No more polite requests, okay? It's not my job to remind you. You signed the agreement. But this was kind, Brenda. He could hear in her voice. She wasn't angry. She was happy. No, Layleen. She's back at the pool, back at six. He felt his gut clench. Layleen loved swimming. Ever since they took her as a baby, that had been his job. His heart lurched. Leave it. He bit his lip. All good otherwise? She nodded. Bar's going okay. People like it here. She smiled. I like it here. He thought about when he'd stood in that same barroom with just a hummingbird case and a hold-all of whatever stuff he'd gathered up, and Brenda had pointed to that same door, Layleen hiding out back. Three years. It felt like another life. Leave, she said. I want you gone from here. Well, hadn't he gone? And wasn't he back now, ready to start over? I'm dry now, Brenda, he said pulling up a stool. She stopped polishing the glass in her hand. I know, she said, smiling that same smile. I can see that. The bar was full when Larry took to the stage, right on nine. The house band launched into You Were Always On My Mind, up-tempo and breezy, the way everybody knew Larry Agar liked to play it. He looked for Brenda, but the lights were too bright. They must have invested in a new rig since March. Had that been his money or Pancho's? Probably Pancho's. Larry's July and August payments had gone into getting the Toyota's camshaft fixed. When the song ended, he breathed heavily, thinking that if it were him in the audience instead of on the stage, now would be the time to whisper in Brenda's ear, well, do you like this show? do you think your old man can still play? But he was up here, and she was down there. And before he had time to think, the band were playing the opening chords of me and Bobby McGee, and they were off again. He watched the faces of the folks just in front of the stage. A few of them were mouthing along. That was the funny thing about music. It meant so much to the people listening, but here he was able to sing and play, and think about other stuff, all at the same time, and it was just going through him and out of him again, like something that never belonged to him anyway. Just before playing, someone to lay down beside me, he said how much he loved coming back to Rapid City, and how some places never changed, and how good the band was, and everyone whooped and clapped. He saw Brenda then, standing at the bar, Serving someone. She wasn't listening to him. She looked happy. What was it with people? At the interval, Pancho was in the parking lot, waiting, waiting by the Toyota, smoking a cigarette and kicking the mud off his work boots. Larry turned back and sighed, but Pancho held up his hands. No, Larry, buddy, wait, it's cool, just have a smoke. Larry stepped round Pancho to get to the driver's door. He was cutting back on his annex, but he didn't want to take any chances for the second half of the show. Pancho watched him fumble with the catch on the glove box. You really have kicked it, haven't you? said Pancho as Larry pressed a pill from the blister pack. Larry took a drink from the bottle of water in the pocket of the door. Just in time to wish you a happy anniversary, huh? He saw Pancho bristle. But something was different. Under the hat, the man's face seemed calmer. Maybe he did just want to talk. Layleen not here? Larry asked. Pancho shook his head. She's with friends. Took my pickup out to the reservation, although God knows what they find to do up there. Larry had a pretty good idea. Pancho kicked up dust off the asphalt. But we, uh... We just wanted you to know, or rather, Brenda wanted me to say Pancho seemed to be finding it hard to pick the right words. Larry took another drink from the water bottle. Well, no hot feelings about what happened before, right? Now, how hard had that request from Brenda been for Pancho to swallow? It's over. I've moved on. Larry reached out his hand, but Pancho stayed where he was. He looked uncomfortable, nervous, stage fright. And uh, Brenda wanted me to be the one to tell you about the baby. About our baby. It's due early next year. Larry put out an arm and gripped the side of the Toyota. He ran a finger along the rain gully on the roof and down the edge of the driver's door. That explained something. Why Brenda had been so happy earlier. Well, Pancho, he said after a moment. That's just great news. Small steps, Larry thought. Small steps. Pancho fingered the rim of his hat. And I wanted to ask you... Uh, Tonight. Would you do a request? Sure, said Larry. What do you want to hear? At the end of the second set, they played Loretta, just as Pancho had asked. Larry went on smiling in the direction of the bar the whole time he sang it. Look, he thought. No hands. Then it was over. And the audience started heading for the exit or back to their tables or back to the bar. The band shuffled around the stage in silence, packing up the equipment. Damn! Larry heard a woman in the departing crowd say to someone, Now that is why I love country music. It's about people. Larry began peeling the tape off the corners of the set list on the floor. He wound the cable from the hummingbird, then put the guitar back in its case. Kneeling at the front of the stage, he looked out into the room. He heard someone call out at the bar, high and loud for a beer, and Brenda's breezy voice acknowledged the request. And for a moment, he saw her in the lit horseshoe of the bar, reaching for a clean glass. Then someone turned up the volume on the jukebox and Larry went back to clearing the stain.